0: You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you.
1: I'm going to dive straight into the message for today because I want to move on and conclude what I started last week. And this, today's message is called Spiritually Choking Part 2. If you weren't here last week, please, because uh, some of you weren't, please just, and if you did hear this, it's no harm hearing it again, allow me a minute to just recap on where we were, because it is important. We were looking how oh, there are four seasons in nature, there are four personality or temperament types in psychology, and we saw how there were also, as Jesus told us, the four soils uh, in the parable of the sower and the seed. The soil that was the path, the rocky soil, the soil with thorns, and then the good soil or the best soil. And when Jesus uh, explained this, if you can remember, he said that the seed that fell among thorns are those who hear the word, but on the way they are choked by this world's cares and they do not mature. And if ever We are in a season of cares and trouble. We are in one now. Uh, It was interesting that Ursula von der Leyen, the President of the European Commission, um, just said it is the emergency and catastrophe of a generation. So we're living through historic times, not that we want to, but it's just spat up so many issues. Mental health and finances and loneliness and all of that. And we just looked at how in the scripture, people who were either following Jesus or in the Old Testament following the Lord, and we saw how they started choking. They had cares that were choking them, or they had hunger, or they saw relationships die, or they even became disillusioned. And all of this reminded us that today, in this strange time, many of us are choking some are doing okay hallelujah but if you're doing okay remember that many of your brothers and sisters are struggling what was the way out here was the prophetic word as i closed on this and it was it's been shared all over the western world psalm 116 the prophetic word of hope i love the lord because he heard my cry and he lifted me up and we saw how with prayer And with praise and worship. Digitally that's the only way we can do it in Ireland and most of Europe right now. This is the way we can emerge from it. So that's where we were last week and I want to just move forward from that this week and look at the next part because as we begin to move forward and away from choking, there's a danger that we can become trapped in something and never actually fully recover. We might only partially recover from choking. So I'm going to be looking today at uh, Genesis 11 and Acts 7. Both of them are talking about a well-known person in the Bible, and that is Abraham, about his journey, and I've had this on for a while. And um, as we look at it, we're going to get an Old and New Testament very brief look at the same issue. Uh, so, just before I read the scripture, here's a map of the geography. If anyone knows me, you know I love my own maps. Abraham was living here. Uh, your Bible will probably call it Ur. You are. Some Bible versions refer to it as Mesopotamia. But Ur was a town in Mesopotamia, and it's what we now call southern Iraq. Abraham was called to go to Israel, which back then was known as the land of Canaan. But you didn't just go straight across the crows as the crow flies, to use that expression. To go the shortest route would kill you, because there was no water, it was desert. And you would die, and your animals would die. So if you wanted to travel, From there to there, you had to go by what's known as the Fertile Crescent. It's like a U-shape or a horseshoe shape. And you had to travel that way because that's where the water was. And so what we're looking at today, today's geography, and you won't get the benefit of the word for today unless you understand the geography, we're looking at these three points. Or, Canaan or Israel, and then a tongue here in the middle. So I'm going to pray now that the word, O oh God, help us today, allow us to see what you want us to see. Open the eyes of our hearts and our souls in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So this is from Genesis 11, and we're going to look at Abraham's father. Terah was the father of Abraham and also of Haran. but Haran died. By his father's side in Ur. After this, Terah, Abraham and family left Ur to go to the land of Canaan. But when they reached the town of Haran, they settled there. And Terah died in Haran a few years later. And then verse 4 of the next chapter says, Then Abram moved forward to the land of Canaan, as the Lord had said to him. That's Genesis. Here's two verses in Acts 7, just to give us a New Testament perspective of the same scripture. Acts 7. While Abraham still lived in Ur, God said to him to leave Ur and to leave his father's household. And as they travelled, they settled in the town of Haran. But after his father Terah died in Haran, Abraham moved here to Israel. And so Acts 7 was written uh, from the point of view of the Jews and the believers, then the Christians, in Israel, so they're referring to that. So that's a very brief look at the calling and the journey that Abraham had in his faith journey in life. You're on a journey. So am I. Last week we looked at all these people who were on the way, on the journey, following God, and yet they had such issues and problems that they faced. I think the key Today's message is this man, um, Terah, and he was Abraham's father. And we don't read an awful lot about him, but we can surmise from what we do read that he was a good father. He was a loving father, and he and his family had a different way about them. We're told elsewhere that Ur, probably somewhere around the the city of Basra in southern Iraq, was full of idolatry, full of evil. And so, Abraham's family had a different make on them, to some degree. So, Terah is the key to what I want to talk to about today. What does his name mean? If you really want to get the full aspect of scripture, look at the translation. His name means, means delay, a delay, to stop, to not move forward, to just press the pause button to be in limbo, to go into a stasis as it were. That's what this man's name means, delay. Is there a delay in your life? Is the pandemic and the lockdown forcing you into a delay? You cannot meet the partner you want to get married. You can't move forward with your career. Your friendships are just all on ice. Your education, your health, your ministry, My question to you is, is the delay that you find yourself in, is it God's delay, or is it man's delay? Because there's such a difference. There's such a difference between God's delay and man's delay. One of the founding statesmen of the United States of America, Benjamin Franklin, said this, You may delay, but time will not. It's the one finite commodity. You can always make more money later on. You can always work harder and get more uh, promotions and work. You can always study and get more exams. You can always do more ministry. But time, you can't ever add to the time. You and I are allotted so much time here on earth. A soul ring, isn't it? just have so much time on earth we've already had a year of restrictions and lockdowns and partially open and all that but that year will never come back you and i won't get that year back and yet god has seen to it that we're going through this so benjamin franklin says you may delay but time will not another statesman a one-time british prime minister fascinating man a real born-again christian Back in the day, and his name was William Gladstone, and he said, justice delayed is justice denied. You see, if you don't get justice, and you don't get it till years later, you can't get those years back. So in our lifetime, I don't know what, was it 20 years ago, something like that, maybe more, the Birmingham Six, who were uh, Irish guys who were wrongfully convicted. Of bombings in the 70s in the UK, and then it was discovered that they were wrongfully convicted. I remember bumping into one of them in a bookshop here in Cork. Now, we didn't talk, but I remember just seeing him, and I saw his eyes, and you could see this guy was angry and upset, and he was out of that stage about six months, but he was promoting a book, I can't remember his name. But he had lost something like 15 years 20 years something like that he was never going to get them back none of them were and every country in the world has wrongfully convicted some people and if justice isn't delivered then it's denied because you just don't get the time back so what was going on Getting back to our account here with Abraham and the calling of God in his life and the delay that he went into. Remember what we're told, that while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died by his father's side in Ur. Now, the son who died had the same name as the town they moved to later on. I know that's confusing, but I think there's a bit of psychology in there for what it's worth. So, Tara had to face something a parent should never face. And a lot of you looking in as parents know what that feels like. Because you've buried a son or a daughter. And I don't know does anyone ever fully recover from that. But this poor man, his wife was obviously dead. And then one of his three sons dies in his prime of life. And the dad has to bury the son So here's a man who is traumatized, and Abraham's brother is dead, and they're looking on, and that's what happened. And then we're told that they left there. Now, remember, God's word to Abraham was leave your father's household. In other words, just you on your own with your wife Abraham, you're called to go off. But what does Abraham do? He brings his dad Terah with him, a good man. but it was never God's will for anyone to follow Abraham. But he brings Terah, he also brings his dead brother's son, his nephew Lot, who caused nothing but trouble over the years. And we're told they went on their journey up the, the Fertile Crescent to go to the land of Canaan, but when they reached the town of Haran, they settled there. Haran is about halfway on the Fertile Crescent. Now, remember, we're talking about all of us recovering from choking spiritually. It's one thing to get away from the thorns, it's another thing to move forward to a place where actually there's some fruit happening. It's halfway to Canaan, and we're told that they settle settled there. Now, this isn't an overnight stop. This isn't, well, we just took a week or two out to recover from the journey. No, this is settling down, putting down roots, settlers, in a place God had never called Abraham to settle. And when did he leave there? Well, we're told, until after some years, Terah died in Haran. Years. We've had one year of in and out with this pandemic, but this went on years for him. This delay. Here's where we get, it gets really, in my opinion, more interesting. Where did the delay happen? It happened in the town of Haran, and what does that name mean? It means a barren place. Abraham, who is following God, is paused. He's in a limbo, in a place that's barren. He's halfway on the journey and instead of continuing, he's just stopped in this place. Now, if you look at it, it's not in the desert, but it's a scrubland kind of an area. And it's a place that wasn't at all fertile. And what does that mean? Well, from the point of view of where we're speaking today, it means there aren't any thorns growing there. There's nothing else growing there. There is no fruit there. No growth. No blessing. And if we move on from choking spiritually, and we only go part of the journey, we may have moved away from the thorns and the cares choking us, but if we close down inside, if we close our minds and close our hearts and get hard and get cold, we're not going to grow. We're just going to be... Paused. Going over, doing nothing. Why did this delay happen? Why all of these wasted years? Because those years were wasted. It was never God's will. Why did this happen? It happened because of Terra the dad. Maybe because the name of his dead son is the same as the name of this town, and maybe that was going on, but we do know he was an old man, so he would have been very tired. Traveling was exhausting then. It was up and down, it took a long time, it was setting up camp, all of that. Here's an elderly man. I'd say the man was physically tired. I would say some of you looking in today, and it's not because the clocks went forward, I think some of you are just tired. You're tired of the lockdown. You're physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually tired. And you just don't feel like going any further. That was terrible. He had grief. Perhaps the poor man, on a human level, was trapped in his grief. Sometimes grief traps us. We never, ever get over the death of someone. Or a relationship breakdown. We just are trapped there and never get over it. And maybe the man was trapped in his grief. And because the tongue had the same name as his son, it was a well known stop. So maybe he even called his son after that time from some other experience that is extra biblical that we don't know But who knows, but he just didn't want to move on. And finally, I don't think the man had any scope or bandwidth left in his soul for any more change. He had enough of change. Now, here's where it's important. He came from southern Iraq, around the town of Basra today, up to Aleppo, let's say, in northern Syria. Now, you might think, oh well, yeah, that's just the Arab country. That's really lazy. It's a bit like, we've a saying here in Cork, for those of you who don't know, Cork is on the very south coast of Ireland. We're right down on the bottom of the country. And very often, you'd ask someone, do you know where that person is from in Ireland? And one of the responses you often get here is, yeah, he's from up the country. I say, up the country, is that Dublin? Is it Galway? Is it Donegal, Offaly, Limerick? Uh, yeah, up the country. It's this kind of thing where they're up there somewhere. And the, the danger is that we look at the Middle East and we go, yeah, the Arab countries. But going from Basra to Aleppo, going from Ur to Haran, same thing, is to go from two very different places. Even today, even today, the climate is totally different. Where this place Haran was, they've colder winters than we have in northern Europe. Freezing there, snowing in wintertime, it's it's up there. Um, So totally different climate, different language, different culture. The man just couldn't change anymore. You know, some of our brothers and sisters just cannot bring themselves to adapt or adapt to technology. And they're just more isolated than ever because there just isn't any scope for change left in their souls. Or they'll only go so far. I get it. I get it. I'm kind of lazy when it comes to technology. I do without it, no problem. But I'm not going to let my soul die because there's something going on in me that I don't want to change. And Terra had enough of change. Is my opinion. I think it's a reasonable assumption, but search the scripture for yourself if you want to get the full benefit of this. Terra did not want to go. My question is, is there a Terra in your life? Or even more likely, is there something of terror in you? Sometimes we go on a journey, on a faith journey, and we have a friend or a family member who has a big influence over us and it's not an influence for good. We've brought them with us, but actually they stall our growth. And we're delayed. We're in a bit of a limbo spiritually If Abraham had obeyed God's word faithfully, he wouldn't ever have lost those years in Haran. He'd have kept going to the land of Israel or Canaan. But he had to wait for Terah to die before he was able to move on. And even then, he kept bringing Lot with him, who just caused him trouble. Is there a Terah in your life, or is there a Terah in your makeup? I think there's a bit of a Terah in my makeup. I think it's in most people. It just stops us from going from the halfway place to full recovery. We were choking with all the cares back there with the thorns. We got out with that. But you know lads, we're not there yet. We're only halfway there. We need to keep going, not to the barren place, but to the land that's flowing with what? Milk and! Honey! Honey! That's the promised land. That's the promised land. But they're stuck. They're not going anywhere. They're not producing fruit. Here's the rub of it all. Haram is the external issue. Terah is the internal issue. I hope I'm not losing anyone here now. But basically, until we change internally, the external will never change. Mm-hmm. You and I can blame the pandemic. It's the government's fault. It's Enfet's fault it's the virus it's the lockdown and I get it and you can have justification and all of that but you know what the big thing is the big thing is in here in here we're not willing to change. We're not willing to move on. We're resistance. We're trapped in our grief. We're trapped in our loneliness. I get it. It is so understandable. There's no judgment in this. We've all been there. But for us to move forward spiritually, brothers and sisters, we have to get a grip of this and we have to be honest and to assess our souls. Examine your conscience. When's the last time someone said that? Examine your conscience. Way up What's going on inside? And I just I don't have the energy to keep going on with the Lord. And many are giving up. I really don't want to change. I don't want to move on. I'm just trapped in my grief. We have to sort out the inside, and then God will sort out the outside. I remember hating the job I was in because I was working with such a different character. And I prayed to God, God, deliver me from this job. And he never did. The Lord did not answer my prayers. Horror of horrors. You know what? It's when my attitude changed and I learned how to get on with a difficult character something I really had to learn working with Michael <laughs> No I'm but it wasn't until I learned how to get on with this guy and you know what the pen dropped my attitude changed nothing else changed I remember about two weeks later the guy left it was incredible I never forgot the message that's not a hint Mike but I did I changed inside it was only then the Lord was willing to change outside. Maybe there's a lesson in that for all of us. What am I saying today? Let terror die. Mm. Whatever's going on inside you, that's not allowing you to go forward, whether you're trapped in your grief or whatever, let him die. Let that friendship or relationship die. If they're dragging you back and holding you back, it's not going to do you any good. We need to produce fruit. That is the key for full recovery. For really moving forward and embracing all that God has for us. Because this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I can't rejoice because there's a lockdown. I don't know. The Bible says, in all circumstances, rejoice. It's a lockdown. Yeah, I don't like the lockdown. But in all circumstances, rejoice. Rejoice. Let me finish with this thought. And I have a prophetic word I want to share as well. But when Joshua, many generations later, led the children of Israel to the land flowing with milk and honey, he had a very frank discussion with a lot of the guys around him. And he basically said to them, look, everyone has to work it out for themselves. That's what he was saying. Guys, you can see all the gods around us. You know, make your choice. What god are you going to serve? It's like today we said, you know, choose which God you're going to serve. You're going to serve the God of money, the God of comfort, the God of hyper-individualism. It's me with Jesus and myself and I don't need any Whatever it is. That's, that's your thing. Yeah. You choose. Off you go. You work it out. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And with people all over the Christian church in the West, and I'm hearing this from every nation I have contact with, You have people who just aren't moving on with God for whatever reason. Some, good reason, not good reason, but some have issues that they do need to sort out. Others, I don't know where they're at. But you and I can only answer to God for ourselves, amen? And we can only answer for our own households. Mm -hmm. And I'm with Joshua. Choose for yourself. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And to serve the Lord, you must produce fruit. And to produce fruit, you don't stay in the halfways. halfway barren limbo called Haran. You move on to where God wants you to go. So I'm going to pray in just a moment for you, for me, and for the people we love that we really will move on and move on in a good way and not get stuck in the place where we may not be choking, but we're not living either. Let me share one strange prophetic word that came to me actually last Wednesday when I was walking and praying. And a lot of the time when I pray, or when I walk, I pray. But I, I had a picture in my spirit of a man and a woman in a boat. I believe them to be a couple. The thing is, though, it was the wife who was rowing the boat on her own and the husband just looked dejected. And the words were coming to me that your son or your daughter is dead to you. And it's like the husband has fainted in his soul. The wife is still trying to go forward, the husband has fainted. And it's something to do with the relationship with a son or a daughter. And the word I want to share is for the husband, and I'm just gonna read it out. And I have it written out here. And it's from 1 Peter 3.7. And this is about the husband and the wife getting back together and rowing the boat together. Husband, honour your wife and treat her with understanding as you live together. She may at times be weaker, but she is an equal partner with you in God's gift of new life. Amen. So treat her as you should, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Mm. Husband, you need to get back rowing with your wife. And I know, I sense that God knows that your heart is broken over your son or your daughter, I don't know which. But by opting out, you're you're in Haram, you're in a barren place. You and your wife need to rule together. And she's not needing to change, you do. You need to move on from being trapped in the grief of whatever happens with your son or your daughter. And you as a couple have your life to lead. And you as a couple have to go on with God to really know God's blessing in your life. So I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to pray for all of us. So brothers and sisters, if you or someone you love is trapped in this no man's land. We prayed last week against the choking. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. I pray for that husband and wife and I pray, Oh God, deliver my brother and give him the strength and the energy to start rowing again with his wife and going in the direction you've called them. Oh, heavenly King, take him out from being trapped in his grief. I pray for him and I pray for all of us, whether it's ourselves or the people we love. I pray, Tara would die. Amen. I pray that wrong friendship that might hold us back or lead us astray. Jesus separates. Sometimes separation is from God. a separation. And even more so, if there's something of terror in us that we are tired, that we are resistant to change, or we're trapped in our grief. Let that part of us die. Set us free, because from death will come life. See, a seed of corn must be buried in the ground before it grows. Let that part of us die, oh God. And help us to continue on our journey of recovery. To the land flowing with milk and honey. That we would produce much fruit. We pray that in Jesus' name. To God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you to everyone on podcast. And on YouTube. For coming to the end of this. And watching the end of the message today. Or listening. Really do appreciate it. Thank you to everyone on Facebook and Instagram as well. Please don't tune out yet, though, because we have some more uh, just before we close. So over to Michael. Welcome again, Michael.
0: God, Margaret and that is to hear God's word spoken with passion and with love. And to know how relevant it is to our everyday lives. Praise God. Thank you for coming. Great message. Great message. I want to look at our great quiz, we're nearly at an end, and we've got ourselves a winner. The question was, here was the question, where will Ireland's newest, tallest building be built? Will it be built A in Belfast? Will it be built B in Dublin? Will it be built C in Cork? And take away, guess? Yes, it's going to be built in Cork. It's going to be 140 meters tall. It's going to be 34 stories. It's going to cost 150 million euros to build and it's going to be built in Cork as part of the regeneration of the Docklands area of Cork. A huge uh, oakland uh, regeneration going on in Cork City. Cork City is being made new even as we speak. Our wonderful day, Antonio da Silva! Congratulations Antonio, you are our winner today, a 20 euro gift voucher, one for all gift voucher, winning its way to your phone within the next 24 to 36 hours or so you should be getting it then. Congratulations Antonio, God bless you brother, faithful servant, faithful servant of the Lord, delighted that you won today. That's our package done for today brothers and sisters we've got a song for you just as we depart but please don't forget next sunday is easter sunday we're going to be here we're going to be like that we will be doing breaking of bread can i encourage you to have some grape juice or even some cranberry juice it doesn't matter there's nobody checking uh, and maybe some bread and we can break bread right together as a community though separate we can be united here online. In the meantime, may God bless you and keep you with the Lord who cause his face to shine upon you and watch over you. May he lift up the light of his countenance on you and give every single last one of us his peace in Jesus' mighty name. Our closing song today is by a band called Unspoken and this is their hit called Reason, a beautiful acoustic version of their song Reason. May God bless and go with you, brothers and sisters.